All right, we're back, and now we're going to talk about UFC Tough. Uh, this is uh, season 31 with Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor, and we are on episode, or actually, uh, yeah, episode nine, and we just finished watching the fight. So, what did you think about this fight here? It was really conservative the entire time, you know, with Austin Hubbard and uh, what's his other Roosevelt Roberts. You know, um, they both had that moment, you know, like Dana White let them talk to their families and going right into the fight. And then they both come out and they're just conservative. They're just playing the stand-up game. Um, there was some takedowns towards like the second and third round, but um, nothing too exciting, I guess you could say. But there is, I mean, I was kind of upset. Roosevelt should have played that jab. He had that stiff jab straight down the middle that was landing on Austin's face multiple times. But then Austin was kind of countering with some kicks to prevent him from overreaching. So, um, yeah, with Austin, those late kicks, he saw Roosevelt start to become more aware of those kicks and maybe just overly, like, expecting it, you know? So then he stopped going for his, I guess, his game plan, whatever that was. Who knows? Because they both trained in the same gym. They decided not to go with McGregor. So do you think... Because they didn't have coaches on the side, they weren't able to go forward a little bit more than what they should have. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think that plays a factor, right? Because the coaches are kind of like re-guiding them to the game plan and the strategy. Because the only, the only coach I heard was just Conor McGregor. And actually, mm-hmm. Roosevelt got, got the push off the other guy because McGregor goes, hey, do a push off or whatever. And it worked. And you got up right away, Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just – it was – I don't know. It kind of sucks. It's a sucky situation, right? Because they're just teammates fighting each other. And we're going to see that two more times out of the four. Um, with this one already finishing up. But it was just a quiet gym. It was a quiet arena. Nobody was yelling too much. It was McGregor on the side kind of smiling and enjoying the moment because he has nothing to lose right now. And um, he's just, you can see him. He's kind of like bittersweet, just enjoying the moment. Just looking at Chandler, pacing back and forth. And, um, he spoke up though. That was pretty nice to see. I lost you for a while. Okay, I lost you for a second. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, but yeah, McGregor. Um, he spoke up when he had that urge to. But other than that, it was just not much coaching. These guys are just in their head, playing whatever game it was. But it wasn't the right strategy. I felt like for both sides, like it was a hard yeah. decision. Almost, I felt like. So I I wonder if if all the. I guess the audience, which was the teammates, do you think they probably told him not to talk or I wonder if they just misunderstood, like they couldn't yell or anything because I would have been like, if I was there, like kind of, Hey, do this, do that. Or I don't know. It was quiet. Even in the beginning, they said it's going to be a quiet fight. So I was kind of confused on that because McGregor was, was the one doing the talking. Yeah. I think that's just like a a rule for all of them. They just kind of, Either they, even if they discussed it or not, like they all knew there was going to be in silence and let the best men win. So it was just like a weird audience to see happen that tough, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not a fighter, so I don't know, but I think I would have probably put a better performance on knowing that you have to make your mark and tough enough. Because I think even McGregor said it looks like a sparring session in the first round, and. Uh, Dana White at the end said, I expected more from this. This was, you know, wasn't very un- uneventful. It was no fireworks or anything. Yeah. 
So maybe this might persuade like the decision for the last two guys who might consider joining in Connor's team to get that exclusive coaching, you know, and creating an actual strategy. Because you can't talk in the same room when you're against your own teammate. But yeah, if you're in that's rooms, weird. You can create a game plan, and then if you start deviating during the fight away from the game plan, you have somebody to correct you, you know, in the process. Because um, that happens a lot. Because live action is a completely different thing. And like every time I'm like talking to Liam, coaching him on the sidelines in his jujitsu tournament, yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough, you know. Versus like when I watch him by himself and I tell him I'm not the coach, I'm gonna let you do your thing unless I see something like really bad, and then I'm gonna call it out. But and then you see him and he starts making mistakes, and I call it out, and then he readjusts to what he needs to do. So that's just wow, a child. Right. These are grown ass men, but I feel like it's to a certain factor, kind of the same experience, you know. But so, I wonder why, I mean, they have more than one coach on their corner. So I wonder why didn't they have one coach on one, one or the other? I mean, I'm sure they're, they're specialty coach for something. But, you know, I, I think one coach would have been okay. I, I just don't understand that one either. Yeah, I just felt like they're too passive on the situation. They just kind of like just stood back, let it happen. It made for a boring episode, I feel like. Um, yes. It, it was upsetting. And I thought... Roosevelt was going to win going into the fight, but then at the fight, he didn't really perform like I was ex- expecting. These, both these guys had first-round knockouts, right? Or TKOs. Yeah, and, and yeah because Roosevelt had this. the record of the fastest knockout, I think, or almost. Mm-hmm. And yep. I actually he thought Austin was going to win. Yeah. I thought I Roosevelt thought had the advantage with the height advantage. He was 6'2", and Roosevelt I was 5'9", 5'10". Definitely had a good reach over him. But had a two inch, I think. It didn't happen. <laughs> so this makes for a boring recap because Tough Thirty One season or episode nine wasn't too exciting. Um No, it wasn't. But <laughs> as we look into next week uh, for Bantamweight, it's two team chat oh no, wait, it's let me see these guys. It should are be Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, I think so. Right? Okay. Yep. You got Timur Malave. And I believe, and then Brad Cantona. So yeah, I'll probably just use the first name, Brad. Yeah, and so and uh, Brad, I mean, Brad was. I think it was episode six when he was uh, pretty much losing throughout the whole fight, and very dom. It got dominated, and he got a submission at the very end of round three or round two, whichever what it was, and and he pulled off the win from that. But I. I didn't expect him to win watching the first the first round. I'm like, man, he would just I mean, they just he the other guy was just all over him. Yeah, I I mean, like, I forgot who it was um that he beat, but the other guy was so defeated. He was so pissed off that he messed up. It, but that's what MMA is about, right? It's not just about throwing punches and you're getting close to knocking somebody out. You got to finish the fight. And that guy weathered the storm and submissions are still deadly, even though you're kind of hurt, you know, especially if you're on your back and you see that opportunity and boom, submission. So, um, it's going to be nice to see him come back, you know, after that near loss and see what he does now. Cause now he has like a chip on his shoulder. He has to prove something. Cause everyone felt like he lost that fight. That's in the room, even his own teammates who won't say that to him, but he knows it, you know? So, um, that would be exciting to see what happens, but I'm excited to see like, if there's momentum in using McGregor to their advantage now, because being in the same room, the same gym, the teammates training, 
It's like because I think they already picked their their pick, so I don't know if they could go back to it. Or I don't know if they want to. Uh, I think this is more of a loyal system right now for them to yeah. to do that. But I mean, going back with the backstories that they put on there for Brad, you know, he said I want to go back, and then every time he would go back, he would lose. And then he'll work his way up, go back, and he would lose. And then he came over here to Tough, talk a big game, of course, and then about a winning for my family and all that. And then he almost lost, but he pulled off a submission. So hopefully, you know, he has some drive in him and just to finish that off. Right. Because he really needs a win. Yeah, and Timur, I mean, he's from Dagestan. And I mentioned to you, you missed it because you don't like – you know your little sneak peeks for next episode, but nope, there is I want to watch it. <laughs> there's a guest uh, appearance um, who's going to be exciting to watch and see if he even impacts the the fight. You know, um, because yeah, you, know, you have somebody big in the UFC right behind you as well. Um, but it's kind of obvious when I say Dagestan. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> Well, uh, I, I wonder if Dana did this to maybe pump the fighter up because what we just saw wasn't that, you know, wasn't that very exciting. So hopefully this is it to pump to pump the other fighter up. Oh, for sure. You've seen numbers for tough would drop dramatically if it remains like this. So, you know, Dana White, he loves his numbers, right? It's a numbers game for him. So he's going to make it more exciting. Um, He's probably in those locker rooms talking to those guys, right? Going into his... Episode ten, telling them like, "Hey, like, use McGregor. Whoever wants to use him, but um, you can't pass up on an opportunity like this and be silent in the same room training. You know, like, you gotta, you gotta be verbal and loud about your strategies and go into it with exactly. a, a good head on your shoulders. You know, so, yeah. I just can't imagine. Like, I can't imagine my son Liam, who does jujitsu, training in the same room, and there's like a big super fight happening, right? And and they already know each other's game plan, like." It's not gonna. It's not gonna work out. I'll probably be the first to dip and go to a different gym, find the next best coach. And <laughs> in this situation, you got McGregor. He's not the worst coach. Uh, definitely not the best, but he knows how to fight. Use them to your advantage. You already pulled all the knowledge from Chandler, anyways, and you kind of already know how he's coaching these guys. So use that and get a different perspective. You know. So oh, me that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Call you coach, Coach Rocky. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, all right. So who else is, I mean, from that one, and then who knows who the next one's going to be, Rico. I think they're, gonna, they're probably going to say Rico to the end and because he's yeah. McGregor's boy. So that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And and uh, did you see, I mean, did you hear how, I, I know where I'm kind of going back. I think it was episode six or something, when or seven maybe, when McGregor's guy won and how he McGregor was just running and like, ah, yeah, he, 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 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. Me and my son were just laughing. Like, oh my God, this guy is so excited about his win. His one mm-hmm. win, his one win. <laughs> Hopped but, in the cage. He was so excited. Oh my God. You could, tell, you could tell he was. When he took off his jacket to the suit. Oh man, that shit's funny. McGregor's hilarious. He's just he's just a cocky. He's an entertainer, individual. man. Yeah. yeah, that's what he does, and that's why he does that the best right now. Even though he's not really fighting, but you know when he shows face, everyone's looking. You know, 